What's good, everyone? Ron Carter here. Welcome to Econ Billionaires. And um, I'm going to tell you guys a little story. Uh, I'm, I'm going to talk about when I was on the street. That's really what I want to talk about. I was I just did a, a Facebook Live um, talking about this a little bit. This is a story that I haven't told on the podcast yet. Um, and, it, and it relates to storytelling. It relates to persuading people um to take action and do what basically what you want them to do um but using stories to do it so let's get right into it what's up everyone i'm ron carter and i'm part of an underground movement of entrepreneurs who pride ourselves in giving value over making the sale we put our message out to the world and let the people we can help come to us we keep our nose to the grindstone because we know that every piece of content we publish is like a beacon of hope for the people we aim to serve Unlike traditional marketers, we don't build complicated systems or funnels for the main objective of getting the sale or cheat by starting off with big piles of venture capital cash. Instead, we provide value, solve problems, build relationships, and most importantly, we empower others to do the same. We focus on contributing rather than converting. We're not in this game just to make money, but to make a difference. We build lifelong fans who we can serve over and over again. You're listening to Ecom Billionaires Podcast, and we are future billionaires. All right, so getting into it. Um, first, I want to start off by acknowledging, yes, I didn't have an episode come out yesterday. I've been working on something uh, really extensively um, the last about four days, uh, creating a sales message and a webinar for it and, and all this stuff and also working the day job and some other projects. So it's been kind of crazy, but not forgetting about you guys today. I didn't forget about you guys yesterday. I just had to prioritize. And so I'm sure you understand. So before I get into this story, I kind of want to paint a back picture, uh, a backstory for you guys. Paint a paint a picture and give you some context, um, just in case you haven't heard any of my other stories of when I was on the street. And so I got out of the Air Force in 2010, right? I, I was in the Air Force for almost eight years, and uh, got out with honorable discharge. And and it's funny when I look back on it now, like one of the main reasons I wanted to get out of the Air Force so that I can smoke weed. Like, how crazy is that? I was like, man, I'm tired of this shit. I don't want to be in the military anymore. I like working on planes, but I like smoking weed too. So maybe I can just get out and, and, and figure something out. Um, so that's what I did. And I really like solving problems, right? And I was an aircraft electrician when I was in the Air Force. So I thought, well, you know, I got some electrical training already and some experience. Maybe I can just be an electrical engineer and I can like, graph out uh, wiring diagrams and stuff like that because I made a few wiring diagrams for some inventions that I thought of when I was in the military I just never actually built them um, and uh, <laughs> one of them was for a gun that's why I didn't build it it was a, a rail gun <laughs> if you guys don't know what a rail gun is it's basically like a, you know how like those electric trains um, magnetic trains they like float like an inch off of the track and that's what makes them, makes them go really fast. A railgun is basically a gun that uses that same magnetic technology to shoot um, 
projectiles. So, uh, yeah, I was in my 20s when I thought of this. I started mapping out the wiring diagrams to be able to make it work with just electricity and some relays and a battery and some pipes, but I never built it. I'm way off topic. <laughs> so this is the kind of stuff that I used to like, right? So I thought, okay, I'll get out and become an aircraft or become an electrical engineer. Um, I built a test panel when I was in the Air Force. Ended up saving the Air Force like hundreds of thousands of dollars annually. Uh, we got achievement medals for it and a whole bunch of other good stuff, I guess, military-wise. And But I got out, though, anyways, and was like trying to figure my shit out. I ended up getting hooked on heroin before I even started my classes. I got out, and two months later, I was hooked on heroin. And I was shooting heroin for a couple months. Then I started going to school. And I, this is when I was living in Albuquerque, New Mexico. And uh, so I was going to school, full-on dope fiend for like a year and a half, and uh, passing my classes, barely. And uh, until one day, I couldn't make it to all my classes. And then one day, the same thing happened. And then one day, the same thing happened again. What's going on? Doing good, man. How are you doing? Yeah, yeah. Take care, bro. And uh, walking down the street. What can I say? I'm a friendly guy. I'm not going to say, uh, don't talk to me. I'm doing a podcast. I'm not going to do that. (laughs) Um, So, yeah. So I I missed enough classes and they said, you got to go. You can't. You got to apply next term. And so to me, if you're... If you know what it's like to be a dope fiend, <laughs> like a heroin addict, you live for the next eight hours. That's it. It's like in eight hours, withdrawal is going to start and I got to make something happen to, to make sure that that doesn't happen. And so at the time, my consistent hustle that I had, thank you, my consistent hustle that I had was going to school. because I was getting paid by the VA to go. So if I passed my classes, I was getting like 1200 a month. And almost all of that went to dope. I think my rent was 400, and uh, and I was and I was still panhandling. I was getting that much money, and that's when I started panhandling. I mean, that's when I started writing copy on signs and figuring out what's gonna work and and, and, and how how you doing. And, and that's when I started figuring out what's gonna work and what gets people to give me money, what gets people to just feel sorry and look at me <laughs> and not give me money, and. Um, Really, that's when I started testing my copy, my copywriting, even though I didn't know. And uh, it's funny, it's so funny, because when I look at this now, it's like, I started doing that and I wasn't homeless, right? Not yet, at least, I still had a place, I was still getting paid. And as soon as the school said, oh, you got to uh, reapply next term because you missed enough classes, I knew, like, then I knew that I was fucked because I knew, like, okay, so that means on the first next paycheck, I'm not gonna get a check from you guys. I'm not gonna get that 1,200. And I had a habit, right? So, uh, so I did what any good dope bean uh, does, and I got as much as I could for a student loan, and didn't go to class. Um, yeah, and uh, and that's when my drug dealing career started. And, that followed me all the way to Los Angeles. I came out to LA to try to get sober and get off this shit. At first, I moved away from New Mexico, went back home, was there for like three months, and then that's when my parents were like, whoa, you are fucked up, dude. How did this happen to you? And they're like, you gotta go. Um, yeah, this is part of the story that I haven't told you guys. 
and I'm so grateful that they kicked me out. I was like 27, you know, 20, 26, living at home, parents kicked me out. Don't feel bad for me because they kicked me out because I was stealing from them. I was stealing from everybody that I knew, my family. It's fucked up when you're in that kind of a situation because it's like, you you would think like, oh, if that was me, like I wouldn't do that. Even if I had to steal, I would go do it for people I didn't know. And But I, I thought something similar to that until I was in that situation. But it, it turns out that the people who trust you the most already are your loved ones. They're the ones who don't worry about their wallet being out when you're home and shit like that, right? So inherently, that's who I stole from. Because in my mind, in my dope fiend mind, I thought, less risk. I'm gonna be able to steal, and they're not gonna call the cops on me, I'm not gonna go to jail, and I'm gonna say, hey, there's somebody breaking in over here, even though I was doing that too. Um, yeah, it was insane. Uh, I'm really lucky that I just got away with a couple months in jail. That's all I'll say about that. I'm not gonna go further into that. But, um, yeah, I'm kind of all over the place. Apologies for that. But what I'm getting at is uh, I went through a lot of shit before I ended up standing on the corner in L.A. panhandling when I'm actually homeless. Like, I started panhandling not homeless. And it's almost like, you know, what what you imagine and what you think of, um, you know, comes to fruition so yeah I was in an alley and waking up and going into the intersection and panhandling and going to go get my dope that was every day and uh, when I was doing it when I was doing that I would write different things on my sign and saw that I was getting different amounts of money like drastically depending on what I wrote Um, I mentioned this in in an episode before but one of those things just to give you an example was I wrote uh you know, hungry veteran, anything helps. And I got a few dollars here and there when I did that. And uh, so one time I, I got five bucks with that sign. That was my normal sign. I, I actually would keep it by the intersection. I would like kind of like put it up behind the stop sign in between the sign and the pole. So, um, so I would just walk out to the island and grab my sign from the back of the stop sign and, uh, and start showing it to the people who are waiting at the red light. And one day I did that and I got like five bucks. It was in the morning. I thought, you know what? Maybe if I, because my sign was cardboard, it was dirty because I was homeless. So sometimes my hands were dirty. So the sign was dirty. And I I thought, I need to get a different sign. Like if I saw this, I wouldn't even want to read it. It looks like you're holding trash, you know? And so I went to Office Depot. No, not Office, it was FedEx. It was one of those places. Kinko's, something like that, like a copy place. It sells copy and paper and like uh, faxing and all that stuff. I went there and I got like some poster board, white poster board, and I bought a brand new Sharpie. And instead of just writing it, I drew it so it looked really nice. And I said, uh, Iraqi war veteran now losing the war on hunger. And um, when I wrote that, like I got like 60 it was between 60 and 80 bucks in 15 minutes and uh and i remember like when you're panhandling like that you're facing one direction right you're at the intersection and you're facing everybody who is um at the red light and when the traffic when the light turns green like like you're sitting there you're facing them and then you slowly like there's a there's a 
um, a process to it, to panhandling. Um, and so, like, as the light turns red, as I'm standing there at the front, if nobody ends up giving off of the first, like, 10 cars, then I would slowly start walking forward so everybody else in the line of traffic can see my sign. And um, But then as the light turns green, I have to turn around and walk back up to the top of the intersection, right? And so this sign was so good that when I did that, when I turned around and I was walking back towards the front of the intersection, people on the other side of the intersection at the red light saw my sign. I didn't even know, but I wasn't trying to show it to them. And when I turned around, when the light that I was at turned red again, and I turned around and I started showing it to the same people that I was showing it to, the people on the other side of the intersection that were now behind me, that happened to see my sign, like when I was walking back up to that spot, they the light turned green and they went and they pulled up next to me and stopped, like not at a traffic light to hand me money. And I was like, holy shit. Like, like there was money coming from all directions. And I was up there for 15 minutes and then I was like, I'm cool for the day. And I left. And um, I just wanted to share that with you guys because it's like what you write and how you tell your story drastically affects how people feel about it. And the, you know, the how, how far they're willing to go to interact with you afterwards with whatever it is that you're asking or, or whatever is relating to your story. And that's why copywriting is so important. When it comes to building our funnels, building our websites or or whatever it is that we're building to sell stuff um the words on the page is more important than the page itself the message is what's important the message is what's going to get people to feel you and to take action off of what you're providing or what you're selling or whatever you're offering and uh like to the point where i wasn't offering anything when I was up there with that sign, except for maybe somebody, except for maybe you can feel good for giving to me. And that's it. That's what I was offering. And uh, so, yeah, it's all about your message and it's all about the stories that you can tell to be able to convey that message. And if any of you guys have had like problems with selling, if you had, if you're not making the money that you want to make, if you can't figure out why your items or your products or your affiliate offers aren't moving or why they're not converting it might be your sales message are you telling stories to get people to feel what you were feeling and to see your epiphany the difference between persuading somebody and and convincing them is when you convince somebody of something you're giving them your idea but when you persuade somebody, you're letting them discover that idea on their own. And that's so much more powerful. And that's what happens when we tell stories correctly. If any of you guys want to learn this stuff like in detail, instead of just trying to piece it together from listening to it or being aware of it, um, I'm actually holding a webinar on Thursday, uh, Thursday, June 13th at 7 p.m. Uh, registration for it ends at 6 p.m. It ends an hour before. So if you guys want to register for that webinar, all you, there's a link in the bio of this episode or a link in the description. And you guys can click on that link and register. And, uh, and yeah, I'm going to go over all this stuff. I'm going to go over how storytelling, uh, how telling the right stories can help you launch a profitable venture from the start. Not like a year later or you got to invest all this crap and then you can be profitable. Um, you mind if I bum one, man? Thank you. And uh, so 
<laughs> it's funny, I'm talking about panhandling. I'm standing out here at work bumming shit. Uh, <laughs> uh, but anyways, it's like, when you tell stories correctly, you can get people to take your offers. And if you're offering something that's really valuable, that you know is valuable, then you're not going to feel bad about that. There's some there's some ethics to this. and But I cover all that in the webinar. And so if you guys want to register, uh, click the link in the description. And I will see you on Thursday. That's right. The webinar is live. It's not some like thing where I'm saying it's live and then it's a pre-recorded thing or where it's just my screen and some slides and you can't tell if it's live. It's not It's not even that. It's not a PowerPoint presentation. This is an actual webinar. I'm going to have, um, I have a tripod. Uh, and I don't mean for my camera. I mean for, uh, for the big pad of paper. Like this is an old school webinar where I actually have an easel and, and some paper and I'm going to be mapping out everything. And uh, yeah, so not no slides with my voice over it. You can't tell if it's live or not. None of that BS. Um, it's actually me teaching you guys this stuff and, and, and showing you what I'm doing. Um, but anyways, hope you guys are having a good day. I got to get back to work. Uh, hopefully not for long, right? <laughs> Alright, what I mean by that is I plan on quitting when I can. You know, I'm putting in the work now so that I can later. But that's it for the episode. Hope you guys are all having an awesome day. Peace. Thanks for listening to the episode, my future billionaires. That sounds weird. You guys aren't my future billionaires. We are future billionaires. Thanks for listening. Um, (laughs) uh, Well, I'm keeping it real. This is staying in here. Thanks for listening. And um, for any of you guys who are interested in storytelling or you want to get this stuff down, make sure to register for the webinar. It's coming up in just a few days. So if you're listening to this way later, um, the webinar might be um, perfected and on autoplay by now. Maybe it's not. Maybe I'm still just doing it live every week. regardless click the link in the description of this episode and uh if you're available if you're able to sign up for the live webinar at the time that you click the link you'll know (laughs) um we'll put it that way if i'm not doing the live webinar um anymore and and i have an auto webinar by the time you're listening to this the link will redirect to the auto webinar so you'll still be able to register for that um yeah check it out hope you guys are all having an awesome day thank you for listening again i can't say that enough love you guys